What up, family? It's episode 118 of The Genius Life. What up, what up, what up? Greetings, everybody, from Santa Monica, California. My name is Max Lugavir. I'm a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods and the Genius Life. On this episode of the show, I'm super excited to introduce you to my very good friend, James Maskell. James is a super cool guy. He spent the past decade of his life innovating at the cross-section between functional medicine and community. He also created the Functional Forum, which is the world's largest integrative medicine conference with record-setting online participation and a growing physician community around the world. Um, he is the best-selling author of a book called The Evolution of Medicine. And really his mission, since I've known him, has been to prepare health professionals for this new era of predictive and preventative medicine, which you know is super, super important to me. He's a highly in-demand speaker. He's been featured on TedMed, on HuffPost Live. He's a TEDx speaker. And over the course of the next hour, we're going to talk about a concept that really underlies all of James's work. And that is how community, specifically group medical visits, can help us solve grand healthcare challenges like chronic disease, escalating costs, physician shortages, care access and affordability, physician burnout, loneliness and mental health. Imagine how community can solve all of those problems. And community admittedly can be a somewhat abstract concept. It's a you know, pretty vague term. So James is going to get into the nitty gritty of how he sees this as really being the key that's going to open up a whole new era of possibility in terms of um, medicine and healthcare in general. And he generally speaks to healthcare providers. That is his core audience. Um, but of course, uh, I help James break it down and we make it really sort of um, simple to understand so that from the standpoint of the consumer or the patient, um, you can help to become an advocate for change in this system. And so no matter who you are, whether you're a patient, a physician, a nurse, a health coach, a personal trainer, or just a human that you know exists in the world, this is going to be an incredible episode to listen to. And um, yeah, it's going to be, I think, perhaps potentially even a paradigm shift in the way that you think about healthcare. So strap on your seatbelts and... Uh, Get ready. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Perfect Keto. If you are one of the millions of people now trying out ketogenic uh, dieting for either its purported neurological benefits, you know that I've written extensively about ketogenic diets. Perfect Keto is a company that makes an incredible line of products that are really there to support you on your ketogenic journey. Whether they are exogenous ketones, MCT oil, liquids, or powders, um, powders incidentally are much more tolerable on the gut, uh, or keto cookies or keto-friendly protein bars that won't spike your blood sugar at all and taste delicious somehow. They've been able to magically create uh, what seems like the perfect keto protein bar. Um, you should definitely check them out. And if you go to perfectketo.com slash genius, perfectketo.com slash genius, you'll get to save 40% uh, off of the second product that you buy. So you buy one product, you get the second product that you buy at 40% off. They, um, they really nailed the shelf-stable keto cookies. So if you're looking to uh, you know, stay in ketosis or just merely cut sugar and refined grains out of your diet, which I think is a noble goal for 
every human. Um, check them out and uh, give their products a try. Again, that is perfectketo.com slash genius. And uh, you'll get to save 40% off the second product that you buy. Oh, and also free shipping. So imagine that. You'll get to save some serious cheddar on your products. And um, I think I'm going to go downstairs and have one of their chocolate chip keto cookies after I record this. They are really that good. And they're not going to leave you uh, craving junk food afterwards because... Again, none of their products. Their products are specifically designed not to spike your blood sugar. Perfectketo.com slash genius. This episode of the show is also sponsored by my good friends at Navitas. Navitas makes a delicious line of all-organic, shelf-stable dried berries and cacao nibs and cocoa powder and uh, moringa and all kinds of smoothie add-ins that you can use to uh, jack up your smoothie in the morning. Um, Again, the products are all organic and um, consciously sourced. And if you've never had a dried golden berry, my friends, let me just tell you, you are missing out on life, okay? Dried golden berries, if you're like me and you grew up eating all kinds of sour candies like warheads that uh, would, you know, you'd end up eating so much they'd burn a, a hole through the roof of your mouth like an ulcer because of all the citric acid in those things. You're going to love golden berries. They're like nature's warheads uh, or Sour Patch Kids or whatever you want to compare them to. They're like these delicious, super healthy, super sour, tart, dried berries. They're great to just, you know, I mean, I could literally eat them by the fistful. I'm also a huge fan of goji berries, which uh, I actually threw some of their, some Navitas goji berries in my smoothie for the first time, um, my post-workout smoothie for the first time yesterday, and they were amazing. I regularly use their cacao nibs, just really great stuff. And um, needless to say, if you want to check out anything that Navitas Organics has to offer, all you got to do is go to navitasorganics.com, N-A-V-I-T-A-S, organics.com slash genius, and use promo code genius, and you'll get to save 30% off of your order. That is, uh, those are some good savings, my friends. And you can use that anytime that you want. It's active for everybody. There's no expiration date. 30% off of, you know, golden berries, goji berries, mulberries, cacao nibs, cacao powder, keto cacao powder. Uh, Really, they just, they do some great, they have some great products. And uh, yeah, check them out. NavitasOrganics.com slash genius, 30% off. All right, family, we're just seconds away from my chat with James Maskell talking all about the power of community to radically transform uh, not just the healthcare system as a whole, but your healthcare. So definitely pay close attention to what James has to say. And now I want to give a shout out to iTunes user Krish7, C-R-I-S-H-7, who left this uh, nice but seemingly cut off review for the show on iTunes. Krish7 wrote, fantastic podcast and left us a five-star review. If I had to choose only a couple of podcasts to subscribe to, The Genius Life would definitely be on my list. Max always brings fantastic. So I'm assuming that you there was more that you wanted to say there, but it got cut off. But I, I like that, you know, I mean, even Max always bringing the fantastic that, uh, you know, that's high praise. So I get where you're where you I think you were going with that. And I appreciate that you've taken the time out of your day to leave that review. And to all you guys who've left a rating and review for the show on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to spread a word, the word about the podcast. I see your posts on social media. I really appreciate you guys. And when I see it, when I see your posts, I do my best to share them. Join my newsletter, maxlugavir.com. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash maxlugavir. Text me the word genius at 310-299-9401 to be on my text message community. And uh, yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And um, 
Now, without further ado, here's my chat with uh, Mr. James Maskell. All right, we're rolling. James Maskell, thanks for being on the show. Excited to be here, Max. Thanks for having me. So I'm holding your book, The Community Cure, in my hands, and you got a nice blurb at the top from Mark Hyman, who is a mutual friend of ours. He's been on my show, and it says, everyone in healthcare should read this book. That's his, that's his endorsement. That's a nice endorsement. Yeah. No, Mark's been a great friend for the last few years, and, and a lot of the work that he's done, uh, he's been leading, obviously, the functional medicine revolution, but also he's been leading the connection between community and health. Um, and ultimately, the point of that book was really to engage everyone into a conversation about uh, what the future of chronic disease care looks like and how we can actually, you know, can functional medicine make any impact at any reasonable scale to, you know, to affect the health of humanity. And at this point, not really, because it's being done mainly for rich people, mainly outside of insurance and mainly, um, you know, and mainly for the very sick and sort of the very green. And ultimately what that book is, is sort of a step-by-step guide for the large-scale implementation of functional medicine into health systems. So it's not like a weird thing, a weird doctor that you go to, but it's actually being done in Aventist Health and Cleveland Clinic and, you know, big medical systems um, so that the principles of functional medicine, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with having all the guests that you've had here over, you know, over the last few years, that this could actually be a part of the system, that this would just be the standard of care for people who are, who are, uh, you know, dealing with chronic illness or trying to prevent chronic illness. Yeah. Well, for listeners who are not familiar and even new listeners, because, you know, my, my podcast has grown a lot. Baby. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's the genius train. We're adding new cars all the time. What is functional medicine? Functional medicine is a different way of treating chronic disease that's focused on root cause resolution and a lifestyle first approach. And so it's been gaining popularity. Um, you know, a lot of people are starting to use it individually, but it's never really been available inside the health system. And, you know, I've been involved for almost 15 years in trying to popularize this form of medicine because I recognize and more and more people are starting to recognize that this is just a much better way of treating chronic illness. And so, um, you know, the last bastion is, can it be done inside the medical system and not outside it? And so this book is really sort of like the... um, you know, the reason why Mark said everyone should read this book, because those, the, the decision makers in healthcare, people running big hospital systems, insurance systems, uh, and that kind of thing, um, you know, the whole point of this book was if they read it, they would think, okay, yeah, functional medicine delivered in groups inside health systems is profitable, is, you know, effective at reversing chronic illness, and is something that they could uptake into their into their system, whether it's an insurance company or a hospital system or a big integrated system like Kaiser. And so those are the kind of conversations that I'm having uh, now, which is really exciting. Is that, I mean, that's so cool. Would you say that that's like the big idea really that the, that, because I think a barrier to entry for so many people is that functional medicine is expensive, yeah. right? And so what you advance in this book is this idea of group visits, yeah. which is a novel concept. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's novel in a certain way, but in a certain way, it's not that novel, right? So if you are an alcoholic, right, I think we've recognized for almost 100 years that alcoholics don't need drugs and doctors. They need empowerment, accountability, and support. Hmm. So you have groups, and these, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous has been going for almost 100 years. And ultimately, you know, there's a lot of people that started to realize, you know, having 
lifestyle-driven chronic disease like type 2 diabetes has a lot more in common with alcoholism than it does with an infection. Wow. And yeah. therefore, we should probably be supporting, empowering these people um, and introducing them to their peers. You know, one of the things that I've seen uh, in this world is that when you get a lifestyle-driven chronic illness, let's say an autoimmune disease, I know a lot of people who listen to this probably, you know, have been on paleo diets, might listen to this podcast, it's an unbelievably isolating experience, right? Because you're the only one in your family who's, who has it, right? And you're the only one in your family who's now thinking, okay, I'm not going to drink beer. I'm not going to eat pizza. I can't go to Friday night pizza and beer night anymore. I've got to change my social circles. I, I, really, it really, I can really feel the effect of eating differently and meditating on my chronic illness. And no one else seems to understand that this world even exists. And now I'm all by myself. And so ultimately, you know, through these groups, when, when doctors have started to introduce those kind of people to each other, they realize like they're not crazy, that there's other people just like them. And diet does make an impact. One of the areas that we've seen this as just super critical has been with people trying to get off psychotropic medication, hmm. right? If you've been on psych meds, and you want to get off psych meds, you probably never met anyone else who's trying to get off psych meds. <laughs> and so you think, you know, your experience of maybe trying to wean off or asking your doctor if you can wean off is impossible. But then, you know, there's a um, doctor, I'm friends with Dr. Kelly Brogan, who you know, who's been putting people in groups, virtual groups of people who are trying to wean off psych meds. And guess what? They've got so much in common. And there's just this signal of safety to the body that is delivered from introducing people to each other and forming this new community that allows their nervous system to recalibrate, that allows them to go into parasympathetic mode and allows them to heal and, you know, get off these meds. And so ultimately there's this, there's this power of community in healing that has never been accessed if you're just seeing your doctor one-on-one -on -one because functional medicine traditionally has been delivered one-on-one -on -one and conventional medicine has been delivered one-on-one. -on -one. And ultimately by facilitating now functional medicine groups where once it was unaffordable, now it can be done on insurance or even Medicare, Medicaid, um, you know, because from an organizational point, you can bill everyone's insurance for one provider. You know, it's efficient enough that you can now deliver all the information in a group. And so the education happens efficiently. And, um, and also where behavior change was hard, like if we're going to build a whole health system based on behavior change, not working that well so far, right? As a society, behavior change hasn't really moved the needle. In fact, we're going the opposite direction with reductions in life expectancy and those kind of things. And so in these groups, behavior change is actually the norm because the biggest thing that we see is that there's real value delivered from one person to another. And in healthcare right now, we have privacy, we have isolation, and there's no value that's driven peer to peer. And so ultimately, you know, what the group visits sort of builds on is that one person's journey can be very empowering and inspiring to someone else. Hmm. So amazing. I, I mean, that's such a mind blowing concept that type two diabetes has more in common. The, the concept that it could have more in common with alcoholism than other conditions because the, I mean, type two diabetes, obesity, I mean, heart disease, like these are all lifestyle mediated conditions for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's caused by lifestyle and it can be reversed by lifestyle. But ultimately, to live the new lifestyle, you kind of have to have a different community. Yeah. Um, one example I use in the book that, that might be interesting to your, your folks here. So um, there's, a, there's a doctor in 
uh, in Detroit. And he has been reversing people's heart disease for a number of years by getting people mainly onto a plant-based diet and helping people. Can I guess who it is? Life. Yeah, you can guess. Joel Kahn. There he is. <laughs> so yeah, your favorite guy, Joel Kahn. But you know, so he had a patient that came in and kind of realized it was going to be unbelievably hard for him to do this new lifestyle in his community. So they started a group, right, where it was free and people could come who were trying to reverse their heart disease and they could come and have a meetup and talk. In six months, 7,000 men showed up. Right, so 7,000 lonely guys who realize it's gonna be hard for them to execute a totally new meal plan, whatever that meal plan looks like, it's gonna be hard for them to sleep and exercise and do all the things that Joel is recommending. And so they start this thing called the Plant-Based Nutrition Support Group. And they have these little meetups, you know, every so often they have these big speakers come in, um, but they have regular meetups and it's just been something that's completely free, right? So no one's paying for anything. It's valuable to all of them. People keep showing up. And ultimately, you know, across that community, you're now seeing most of those people being able to execute you know, whatever new diet they're doing. And that, that is, that's exciting because again, it's not inside the health system. It's outside of the health system, but it's improving the health, the markers that you're looking at in the health system. That's amazing. You also talk about the value of uh, health coaches, and I've had Chris Kresser on the show, and uh, and he put it, you know, he. I feel like that was the first time where it really clicked for me the value of health coaching. That it's really just about motivating people and getting people to to integrate these lifestyle things that you know everybody knows to exercise. You know, cut out or at least minimize processed foods and things like that. But whether it's community or a health coach, you need people to kind of act as your cheerleaders. You know. Yeah. I mean, so ultimately you can hire a health coach and health coach. I mean, I've been, uh, I've been supporting and, and trying to integrate health coaching into functional medicine for the last six years. I think it's really valuable, but ultimately what I've heard from people in groups is that it's like having 15 unpaid health coaches wow. sitting around you because everyone's a health coach to each other. And if you set the right container, then people are supporting each other in, and coaching each other and supporting whatever their goals are. And if you start these groups, like these mutually empowering groups, um, you know, if you start by connecting everyone in the group to purpose, like, why are we here? What, what is the goal? What, you know, if you get well, what will that mean for you in your life? That means that people become really engaged. Okay. You know, Max is trying to reverse his type two diabetes and, you know, he's had problems with cravings and he's this, that, this. Okay. How can I hold you accountable to your goals? How do I check in with you? Someone actually cares about what you ate that week. You know, that's a big deal. And people don't have that in their normal lives. And a lot of society is mutually disempowering, right? Commercials on TV and access to fast food, you know, it's very easy to go off the wagon. And so having, you know, my mother-in-law uh, five years ago lost 100 pounds. She was part of Overeaters Anonymous. Mm. And that was a group. And the only thing that she did differently is that she had to check in with some other person at the end of the day to tell them what she'd eaten that day. Wow. And the sort of... Um, you know, she didn't want to have to tell that guy, I lost it. I went to the drive through Right. And that power of her not wanting to tell the, that guy that was powerful enough for her to radically change her eating behavior for a year and have a hundred pound loss. And so there are these little things that we're just not taking advantage of. And that's the peer to peer support. And so I think there's a lot that we can learn from Overeaters Anonymous. And, uh, there's a lot that we can learn for Alcoholics Anonymous and functional medicine provides the right framework as to, okay, what should we do? Yeah, I love that. So how can we better, how can we create community 
uh, in our lives if we, you know, I mean, if we need that, well, we all need that, but how, like, what, what are some good tips that people can use to create that sense of community around them? Well, so the first thing I, I recommend for people, you know, is to take stock of how you're doing, right? You know, if you were to give yourself a score on the fundamentals of health creation, right? What's your score for exercise? What's your score for food? What's your score for relaxation? And, and what's your score for community? And ultimately, if you take stock and think about where you're weak, right? For me, it was exercise. Like I eat well, my wife's an amazing cook. We eat mainly organic. I eat mainly at home, but I just know that like any, I'd rather almost do anything else than exercise. <laughs> right. And so for me, I found CrossFit and I love CrossFit because I can do it first thing in the morning before my daughter wakes up, before my wife wakes up. So like the excuses of having something else to do, it goes away. And there's a group of people that care when I show up and say hi and push me, you know, beyond where I would go if I was, you know, if I was working out by myself, if I had a home gym, I would still be lazy. But when I show up in that environment, there are other people that are like egging me on to, you know, do whatever we're doing that day. And it's also, it's a different workout every day. So it keeps me interested. I used to go to Barry's boot camp and it was kind of the same thing every day. And I just sort of got bored after a while. CrossFit is different every day. So that, that to me has been a great fit for me. I need to shore up the exercise part. So the first thing I would say is take a stock. The second is to use online tools to create offline connections. I don't think it's reasonable to think that we could get everything that we want from a community point of view from an online relationship. In fact, you know, betting on online relationships to replace real relationships has led to the massive degradation of society. And you know that, right? <laughs> um, in all levels. And so if you, you know, using things like Meetup, Eventbrite, and just Google, like, how did I find my local CrossFit place? I find it online. But I know a lot of people are using Facebook groups and other things to meet people in their area who have to eat an AIP diet. And then they're, you know, meeting, there's, there's groups, there's AIP meetup groups in almost every city of the country. And in those cities, people get together sometimes once a week and cook together, right? You know, community batch cooking, getting together, you know, speaking to each other about different practitioners, um, who's good locally, sharing recipes, and in some cases, actually, you know, cooking meals together and sharing them in the glass Tupperware. Super important. Yeah. I, um, I mean, one of the things that I value about LA is that you've got these like really healthy supermarkets. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, there's a place called Erewhon in West Hollywood, but they also have one in, uh, on the West side and LA actually can be a very isolating city to live in, but I'm grateful that we have these like you know, these like natural food markets where I can go and I see kind of like all the same faces and people know me there, I know them. And so it like, it gives you the sense of community. So even if, you know, whether it's uh, joining a new workout class or frequenting the local co-op or organic food or natural food market in your, in your, um, in your town, I feel like you could, uh, I mean, those are all great opportunities to, um, you know, to be a part of something larger than yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately it. And forging new friendships that are healthy, right? So we've, we've probably all had a lot of friendships that have been very unhealthy. And, you know, when you do almost anything, anything that you do in your life that is healthy, exercising, eating right, uh, if you do it as a group, you know, not only, not only do you do it more regularly, right? So that you're in a position where you can, um, you know, you're, you're sort of being held accountable to it by your, 
by your friendship group, but also the act of doing it is healthy in and of itself. And that's, you know, part of what we've seen with these these groups happening in health centers uh, is that, you know, the the you know the the biggest thing that you're really solving. I mean, if you look at one, the thing that led me to re, to write this book at the beginning is that functional medicine is all about root cause, right? That's the way that we describe it, and yet. What I started to realize was that the biggest root cause that no one was talking about was loneliness, right? That people were really lonely and that loneliness was having major clinical effects, huge effects on um, immune function and, you know, all these different areas where loneliness was driving a lot of dysfunction. And so... And functional medicine was being delivered one-on-one. There wasn't any solving of that community. And so... Ultimately, you know, what we saw in these in these examples, like in the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine, which I talk about in the book, uh, which is being led by uh, Dr. Hyman, mm-hmm. you know, they came up with this, uh, a strategy there. They were getting so far behind. Everyone wanted to come to the Cleveland Clinic. They started delivering functional medicine in groups. And what they saw is a 10-week group. So in 10 weeks, you learn the fundamentals of health creation. You learn how to meditate. You learn good sleep hygiene. You learn how to eat healthy. um, And you actually do it in those groups. So what they found is that if they put people through those 10-week groups, half the people were so much better at the end of those 10 weeks, they never even needed to see the doctor. And these were the most chronically ill people. Think about the kind of people that are searching out the Cleveland Clinic Center for Mm. Functional Medicine. These are people who have not been helped by the health system for years. Now, in speaking to some of the like physicians assistants and health coaches that run those groups, they said that, you know, some people who are the most gregarious make new friends in the first week. They're like, oh, they're good at making friends and they're, and they're good at creating community. Some people it took till the fifth week and some people it took till the ninth week. But everyone in that group, you know, it depends how much, you know, how much distrust you have. You know, if you're very distrusting and you've, you know, you've had traumatic moments in your life that you've been, that, you, that have stopped you from creating, you know, from um, trusting people and creating community, it may take nine weeks of two hours a week for you to feel like you can open up in a group and share what's going on in your life. But over those 10 weeks, people start to open up. Vulnerability leads to trust. And by the end of it, you have this amazing container where people feel confident, in sharing what's going on in their lives and get supported from the other people. And then people want to be part of that group moving forward. And so, you know, I think most people are, are lacking that. And the reason why they're lacking that is because community has been destroyed over the last 200 years in America by technology. And initially that technology was cars. And so people leave the cities and go live in the suburbs in single family homes. Then you've got strip malls in the eighties, right? And you've got Walmarts and like town centers destroyed. And now you've got Amazon and you don't even need to leave the house. You don't need to know your neighbors. You just have everything delivered in. And so people don't have that, that, that community is the destruction of community has real implications for the health of the population. And so ultimately, you know, what I'm talking about here is really just recreating community and it makes sense to do it in the health system, right? If you're going to recreate community, it makes sense to do it in the healthcare system because lonely, sick people end up in the healthcare system and there's already budget associated and, and set aside to do it. But ultimately, what I go into in the book is that, yes, the healthcare system is the right place to recreate community, but ultimately, the potential of the community health movement 
resides in the communities themselves, like the Joel Kahn example, like the community batch cooking examples, where this is no part of medicine, but people are re-engaging in community because they know that it's going to keep them healthy in the long term, or they just know that it's good for their soul, and that ultimately, you know, that is going to lead to the prevention of... Uh, you know, of disease and, you know, the creation of rude health over time. Guys, I just want to pause for a sec to give a shout out to one of my favorite brands in the supplement space, Live On Labs. Live On Labs makes a line of dope products, including vitamin C, magnesium, threonate, and uh, B-complex, all in little packets where the nutrients um, in question are encapsulated in what's called liposomal encapsulation technology. The practice of encapsulating water-soluble nutrients like the B-complex that I just mentioned, or vitamin C, water-soluble nutrients and phospholipids that protect them from destruction in the digestive system. You're able to achieve blood levels far higher than um, with oral supplements, uh, typically. And uh, and for that reason, I'm a big fan of uh, their products, Live On Labs. You can go to Live On Labs, L-I-V-O-N, there's no E, L-I-V-O-N-Labs.com to check out their liposomal glutathione, their liposomal vitamin C, their liposomal B complex, all super high quality stuff. And um, yeah, I've been using their uh, vitamin C and their glutathione for some time now as a means of supporting my immune system. And um, I recommend you go and check them out, uh, dive into liposomal technology. It's very cool stuff, potentially very useful. Um, again, that is liveonlabs.com, but without the E, so L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S.com. And now back to the show with James. Yeah, I mean, aside from physical ailments, uh, it plays a huge role in mental health. You mentioned before we started rolling that you were uh, you were in a group that was, uh, yeah. Tell tell me about that. That was a sort of like a like a, ther a therapy group, right? Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, I I realized when I was doing my sort of sort of moment of thinking. Well, I moved to a new city, right? So I used to live in Venice in California and in LA and I loved it. And I moved to Sacramento. I had to make some adult decisions. I have a seven-year-old, uh, my wife's whole family's from there. I travel a lot. I've got a big mission that I'm here to do. And, you know, I just realized like I needed to put their needs first. And that meant moving to Sacramento. So moving into a new town, you know, you have to start a community from scratch, almost from scratch. Cause I, I, you know, I've been in and out for the last 15 years since I've been married. And I was like, okay, well, what kind of community do I want to build here? And I realized that, that there is a certain amount of like emotional processing that everyone needs to do. You know, if it gets all bottled up, who do you talk about these kind of things to? And so I, um, I connected with a group called the Mankind Project, which is essentially, it was a weekly group that I've been going to for six, uh, about six months. And it's just an opportunity to be in a community of emotionally mature men, right? Mm. Men who understand what it's like to live in the world, who have a ton of life experience. And as soon as I showed up in this group, I was like, these guys are operating at a level that I haven't really seen out in the world wow. as far as being able to really think through. So the big thing for me was accountability, like being accountable to my word. And I realized I'd had a lot of professional accountability, but personal accountability was a big deal. I got introduced to concepts like shadow and, and, uh, and those kind of ideas. And it's just been, you what's know, that? What's, what's shadow shadow is, 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 you know, the, the best way I can describe it is, you know, I'm very clear on my world mission, which is like, I'm here to change healthcare. I'm here to like s stop suffering on that end. But there's a part of you that is, that is also sort of doing the opposite, hmm. right? In the shadows. And that is, you know, I, 
I just found myself like having to be realistic about like, had I always been honest with people in my life? Had I been really, you know, uh, had I been true to my word with the people that I love? And, you know, being able to really get into some of those conversations and, and, and have a community of emotionally mature men to get into those kind of conversations with and process things that have been happening with, you know, with my family and with my daughter and my wife, you know, I just, I realized that I didn't have that in my life. And, um, ultimately going through that process, you know, has allowed me to, you know, feel a lot more secure that, uh, and, and accountable to, to the, the things that I want in my life. So the Mankind Project is amazing. I went to a weekend um, a couple months ago and, you know, really just came face to face with, uh, you know, I think um, came face to face with the underlying trauma that had driven a lot of my behaviors unconsciously hmm. for years. And I saw not just for myself, but I saw everyone else in that room having exactly the same experience. Wow. And from that moment, it definitely changed like how I interact with my daughter because I realized, you know, everyone is dealing with shit that comes from, you know, early childhood trauma that ends up playing into your life in one way or another, um, you know, for, and, and causes all kinds of disruption. And ultimately to be able to like recognize that, honor it and clear it so that you can move forward in a more, you know, mature way and make good decisions and be the person that you want to be in all aspects of your life. Like that was, that was, that's been amazing. Like really transformative. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing that. There's, I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to benefit from knowing about, I mean, from, from hearing your story and then the mankind organization, mankind the mankind project, the yeah. mankind project. That's super cool. Yeah, I mean, emotional maturity, man. I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, in terms of my <laughs> relationships, I could sometimes uh, lag a little bit behind my biological age. But, uh, but yeah, that's a big, that's a big step forward, especially as a male, because I feel like you're taught to, or you're encouraged, you know, in society. Maybe not so much these days. You know, things are shifting, but to kind of keep it all bottled up and uh, and to just kind of deal with what you've been dealt in life. I mean, the British sensibility is the stiff upper lip, right? You just get on with it and, and deal with it. And I think that that's, you know, causing a lot of a lot of intergenerational trauma. And it's up to all of us to be able to come face to face with it and really think about what we want to do. And certainly it, it's, you know, it's, it's radically transformed the way that um, I uh, think about what I'm here to do and, and the way that I interact with the people around me. It's interesting because you've always been a, a community architect. I mean, the way that we met initially was through the Functional Forum um, and the evolution of Medicine yeah. Summit, right? EvoMed. Yep. Um, you want to share a little bit about that and what that was? Yeah. So, uh, in I mean, I've been involved in integrative functional medicine for 15 years. Uh, in 2014, saw an opportunity to build community of practitioners doing functional medicine in New York. There wasn't really a regular time that they got together and uh, and connected. All the all the doctors were sort of in their own silo. So we created a meetup group and we got everyone to come. And I put on like a, a show, uh, a stage show, 90 minutes a week, networking either side. And we videoed the show and it became uh, a big deal. So it, it spawned 400 meetup groups around the world, doctors getting together to learn about functional medicine, uh, individual doctors who had sort of broken free of the system now realizing that there were other doctors like them and getting together. And that sort of 
what led to uh, to all of it. Again, it was the same same issue. It was just like professional isolation. Mm-hmm. Doctors who saw the light, right? And and most doctors in the early days, it was because either them or their child got sick, and the standard of care didn't help them, and they cared enough about either themselves or someone to go looking for other answers. When they found those answers, like dietary change, um, you know, they realized there was a big piece of their education missing, went to go and get more education, and then felt a moral obligation to practice in that way. But ultimately, again, they thought they were just they just thought they were the only person doing like that because their professional circles of other doctors would say, no, you don't change your diet if you have, (laughs) you know, a digestive disorder. No way. But, you know, here they've seen their Crohn's disappear. (laughs) And so, you know, so the goal was to really create communities and to popularize this um, way of practicing by introducing practitioners who practice that way to each other. So it started like that. Um, over the next few years, we really did a, an amazing job of, of, of uh, bringing new doctors across to functional medicine. My first book, Evolution of Medicine, was for doctors. Uh, sort of the goal of that book was if a doctor read this book, would, at the end of the book, would they want to practice functional medicine? And so, you know, we converted a lot of doctors across to functional medicine wow. um, over the last six years. And this new book is really about the next step, which is not just, not just, not just operating in functional medicine on the edge of the system, but actually transforming the system itself. And if we're going to really make an impact on on changing the trajectory of health outcomes and health costs uh, in America and around the world, that needs to happen. And so this that's that's sort of the central core of my mission. It's amazing. It's also really great for the doctors just to have that that sense of community because I mean I'm sure you're aware that the rate of burnout amongst doctors is super high. It's way higher than that uh, which is seen in the general population. Yeah. No, super aware of it. I mean, a lot of doctors end up in functional medicine because they're burnt out, wow. right? Because it's not just burnout, it's actually moral injury. Moral injury. It's moral injury. I mean, just think if you're, if you're a patient, if you're a doctor and you're seeing patients all day and you know that the standard of care and the system that you're operating in is injuring the patients, whether that's because you don't have time, enough time to spend with them, whether you have to see that many people in an hour because your boss is telling you you've got to move through, whether that's because you're just putting people on repeat prescriptions where you know that these drugs were not tested beyond six weeks, you know that they're not getting better, they're getting worse, but you don't really have any ability to help them. Think about how that affects your psyche, right? (laughs) That's not burnout, right? That's people, you know, operating inside a system. These are healers, right? These are people that care about getting people better that have been forced to work inside a system. So in a lot of ways, the shift to functional medicine was a way to get out of the rat race, right? To leave a job that you hate, to start your own thing, to be able to spend the time that people need, to be able to watch people recover, right? And watching people recover, I think, is the solution to moral injury. And one of the things about the group visits is that you can see that a lot more clearly. If you run a group for 10 weeks and you see these people transform, not just because of your own efforts, but because of actually you just facilitating this container. You know, I've had hundreds of doctors tell me that running these group visits is the highlight of their week because they're able to educate. They're able to be vulnerable in front of a group too. They're able to share like doctors are people. They're dealing with their own stuff. And um, in, in some of those cases, they found real value in sitting in a group of patients and being able to share. And in fact, some of the, the best doctors who run these groups I've, I've found is that they've had to, you know, that they've found that humility and vulnerability 
and not knowing everything. These are people that have been valued for their knowledge for a decade, now realizing that the best way to lead a group is from a step behind, right? Where they're actually empowering people and you don't empower people by telling them what to do. You empower people by helping them solve each other's problems. So how can listeners support your efforts? I mean, your book, it's a great book. People should check it out. It's written, I mean, primarily for healthcare providers, but I mean, people are, I think people are hungry for this. And I mean, obviously, you know, what you've presented so far, I mean, there's going to be real societal value in setting up these group, these, you know, like changing healthcare from the inside out and, and facilitating these group visits. So like, what can listeners do to support? Well, look, there's, there's a lot, I'm coming at it from all angles, right? I'm not just like, I've been working for the last 15 years from the healthcare side of things, speaking to doctors. And this book is a real goal for me to start to change the way that care is delivered inside the system. And so that's why I'm going to Ted Med and I go to JP Morgan Health to try and meet these decision makers of hospital systems, insurance companies to get them to change the way that they do care. And I think that the, the argument for functional medicine group visits is extremely compelling. And that's why major health systems are starting to take it on. Mm-hmm. From a consumer, you know, from the person, average person listening to this, there's a couple of options. Like one, you just have to sort of do it, right? And go out and sort of create your own community or join some of these other communities that already exist, these AIP meetups. There's a really cool one called uh, Healing Strong, which is cancer meetup, right? So for people who have cancer getting together and talking about ways to um, improve their health and to do healthy behaviors while they're doing chemo, pre-chemo, post-chemo. So there are community groups popping up. You know, the Mankind Project for me is, is another group that's, you know, that's really valuable and lots of groups that exist. Um, you know, we have a project called findfunctional.com, which is about uh, connecting, you know, giving people access to functional medicine who haven't had it up until now by, uh, first of all, helping people execute on the healthy behaviors, putting them into cohort groups uh, where they can support each other to facilitate those healthy behaviors. So, you know, if, you, if you've been interested in functional medicine or you've seen a doctor and it hasn't lived up to your expectations or if you have wanted to do it but it's just been out of your price range and you couldn't afford to do anything outside of your health plan, um, you know, we're, we're, we're coming at it from all angles. So, you know, ultimately, um, this is what I'm here to do. And ultimately, the last decade for me you know, the 2010 to 2020 was all about helping doctors leave the system and popularizing functional medicine. This decade is all about large-scale access, giving everyone access to the care um, and finding ways to make it much easier for everyone to be healthy. And I think that's a combination of changing the culture. And, you know, obviously this is why this podcast exists, right? We have to change the culture of health. But how do you get people to actually support that changed new culture of health? It takes community to support that. I think health coaching has a big role to play. And then changing the kind of care that you get. And there's still a place for conventional medicine, right? We need conventional medicine in times of acute disease. We need it in, uh, in times of trauma or um, if you get hit by a car, you don't want a functional medicine doctor. But 86% of healthcare costs are being driven by lifestyle-driven chronic disease. And the health system, as we see it today, is completely incompetent at dealing with that kind of, uh, those kind of diseases. And so that's why my organization is called the Evolution of Medicine, because we're helping the health system evolve. But ultimately, you know, the health system uh, is one piece of it. 
what we really need is people to be taking responsibility for their health and to do it in community. I love that. Where can listeners, um, I mean, is there, like, where can they go to find these community, these, these groups, these organizations? Like, where did you find the, the, the you know, the man? I mean, that was a referral from a friend. Got and it. I just, you know, went onto their website. They have uh, meetup groups all across the country. There's a time there was three in Sacramento. So I went to the one that I could go to on a Wednesday night. Um, but yeah, there are, there are, it's, a, it's an international organization. It's in the UK. It's in South Africa. It's in New Zealand. Um, there's about 70,000 men uh, who have been through it. Um, you know, all of these organizations, uh, you know, I would... One of the you could you could look depending. I think that it's if you have a chronic illness, right? Then going to a chronic illness specific group is probably going to be the most valuable for mm. you. And so a lot of people with autoimmune disease go to these AIP groups where you learn to eat the autoimmune protocol and um, you know and there's a lot of uh, things that can happen there. So I would start with if that's your issue, but if uh, if you're just looking to create a healthy community, you know I think things like Meetup. Eventbrite and Facebook are ways to use online tools to create offline connections. And what's really exciting is that almost every day, and I'm in the middle of this world, so this is just what I see, yeah. but I see people who really care about health starting to build all kinds of interesting communities. And um, I'm excited to just see the, uh, the, the focus of people uh, people realizing that you don't get better to be alone and that ultimately if we really want to help people get better we need to connect them uh, to other people who are going through the same thing and that's been done online it's been done in groups it's been done in employers you know all kinds of ang all kinds of people are realizing that this is the future at the same time and it's exciting to see new innovations um, and new groups and new communities being connect uh, being created all the time I love that. You know, I don't think I've ever talked about this on, on the podcast, but uh, I've actually created a community for followers of uh, Genius Foods, people who are, you know, fans of the Genius Life. It's on Facebook. It's a Facebook group called The Cortex. Okay. So if you're listening to this, you can go to Facebook, type in The Cortex. You'll be able to find this group. There's about four to 5,000 people in it. Amazing. All sharing stories about, you know, diet hacks, ways to save money, um, you know, their experiences eating the Genius Foods way and all that stuff. So... Uh, it's been really cool to see that flourish, and it's just funny. I've never kind of thought to bring it up on the podcast up until now, but um, that all that is to say that you can create, you know, even if there's not a group available for what it is that you're currently dealing with, you can always go to Facebook and create a group. And, I mean, it's not the same as being in person with these people necessarily, but you can create a group. You can be, you can basically become the Pied Piper of whatever the cause is that you're, that you're passionate about. Well, I've been part of Facebook groups as well, where people say, Hey, I'm in this town. Is anyone else from this, this area? And then ultimately you're already connected because you're already in the same group and you think the same. And now suddenly one person says, Hey, I'm from this area. Does anyone want to meet up? And suddenly, you know, six people are from that area and a community has just been created. So you're, you know, facilitating online tools to create offline connections. And I think it's, uh, it's amazing. Can I just share, there's, there's one story that I want to share that I think will contextualize what the potential of this, what this potential of this movement um, looks like. And yeah. a lot of people would think, okay, you know, what we've said here is interesting, but there's one example and you can, you can Google this and there's been videos made about it. I think it's the most exciting project that I've seen. It's called, um, it's in a place called Froome in the UK. So I, it's not far from where I grew up. So in Froome, Froome is a town uh, of about 80,000, and there's a few little villages around it. So there's about 115,000 people live in this area called Mendip. 
And about six years ago, the doctor there realized that there was a lot of loneliness. Most of the people that he was speaking to were lonely. And she was like, we've got to do something about it. So what did they do? She hired someone. And for the first year, all they did was to identify every group that existed in that community. Hmm. Bereavement group, sports group, church group, every kind of group that you could imagine. Then they, there was 2,000 groups. 2,000 groups were happening in different ways. They got a massive database of all of them. They whittled it down to 400 groups, 400 groups that met regularly, could take new people, were open to seeing new people otherwise. And they put it on a website called Health Connections Mendip. You can go and check it out. Um, and if you Google like Froome, F-R-O-M-E, loneliness, it's been written up in GQ and uh, The Guardian. A lot of people have talked about this project. So. They then hired five health coaches, one for each of the clinics. And those health coaches would be half the time in the clinic. So if you were lonely and the doctor saw you and asked you if you were lonely and you were lonely, they say, okay, go and see one of these health, uh, health connectors and they'll take you through the website and find a few groups for you to join. So that was, an, you know, and then half the time they would spend in the clinic and half the time those health coaches would spend in what they call talking cafes. And these are actual cafes in the town, in these little towns like, you know, like Starbucks, but whatever they have in England, <laughs> where you, where these health coaches would go and sit. And how would you know that they were there? Because they wear these green lanyards with green buttons wow. and they sit there and they have office hours, a certain number of hours every day. They're in these talking cafes and you can go in and you can go and speak to them and they'll help you get set up with the groups. So that's amazing by itself. Here's the kicker. They have recruited a thousand community connectors. These are unpaid people. These are taxi drivers, hairdressers, people that work in the pub, people that work in the library. They also wear the green lanyard and the green button and they're community connectors. A thousand out of 115,000 people. That's like 1% of the population. And their whole job is not to teach you how to be healthy or anything like that. Their job is to connect you to those resources, either the cafe or the website. So. Within a few years, they created this ecosystem where everyone was now connected to the groups and no one was lonely. So guess what happens to that community? The incidence of people going into the emergency room goes down by 20%. Wow. Save three million pounds on 115,000 people every year because all of the issues that had been driven by loneliness and stress and those kind of things, I've seen it even in my own family, is that, you know, that there's, there's this um, issue that happens when you know, there's a massive impact that loneliness has. So that's like a community-wide structure. And ultimately, if I'm president for the day, or if, I'm, if I've got a meeting with Bernie, and I'm able to say, hey, Bernie, like you've got a million volunteers that are doing the stuff for the, for the election. Like if you just facilitated those volunteers to do this in America, where we got a massive website of groups and connected everyone to a group, you would see massive changes in health outcomes. You would see, you know, uh, you know, big, big changes in society because people would be connected into these groups that already exist. And the church used to play such a big role in this in the US, mm. but church, you know, is, is sort of um, not having the same impact. In, in the UK, it's just 10 years ahead where the church numbers have been decimated. Like it's like a hundredth of what it used to be 20 years ago. And so, you know, there, isn't the, there aren't these natural places for people to come together and commune. And ultimately what they did in Mendip is show that you could recreate community with a little bit of technology and a little bit of people giving a shit and getting involved and actually doing stuff. And so I wanted to share that story because I think hopefully it gives everyone hope that this is not actually that hard of a problem to solve. 
You just need to create the right communities. And the vast majority of those groups in Mendips are not health groups, right? A bereavement group or a woodshop group or a stretching group or a yoga group. They're not healthy in and of themselves. I mean, yoga is for sure, but like the men, I mean, I've seen the video of the old men in a workshop, like, <laughs> you know, cutting things up and making furniture and those kind of things. That's just community. And ultimately, um, when I heard about that project, I was like, okay, I think this is a great model for what could be achieved as sort of a society-wide structure. And um, as I said, the next 10 years for me is all about the mainstream adoption of these kind of ideas. And one of the things I'm going to do this summer is go to Froome and try and inject a little bit of functional medicine know-how into those doctors and those communities to try and sort of amp up those efforts. That's amazing. I'm going to be in London actually in September. Uh, are you going to be there at the Health Optimization Summit? I heard about it last year. I, I didn't go. Yeah. I don't know how far Froome. Too close to Burning Man. Too close to burning, man. <laughs> You're a burner. That's right. We got to hang out there. That was super fun. Um, well, we're almost out of time. Before we wrap up and I ask you the, uh, the, the, the hallmark question of the genius life, um, how can listeners, where can listeners find your book and how can they connect with you on social media? The book is The Community Cure. Instagram, I'm Mr. James Maskell, MR James Maskell. Um, JamesMaskell.com is my like personal site and uh find functional like if you if you're interested in being connected to a group of uh you know uh, a group of other people who have a similar kind of issue than you and find functional medicine practitioners in your community and do it all in a really affordable way those are probably the best ways to uh to get in touch that's awesome we miss you down here in la man i mean since you've moved up to Sa to sacramento we, uh, you know, we've been seeing a lot less of you. Well, the good news is that Fine Functional is taking off and we are about to get an office on the west side and I'm intending to be here uh, a few uh, few more days a month. Yeah, look, it's it's hard. I mean, ultimately, I loved I love living in L.A. I love living in New York, but, um, you know, and, and I, I think we will we will ride again, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I had to make some adult decisions and I had to, you know, I had made my decisions. I mean, this talking about emotionally mature men and what we talked about yeah. earlier, I had made all my decisions about what was best for me, but I was married and I had a daughter and I had to realize at a certain point that these people were as important, if not more important than my decisions. And I was already living out loud, doing my functional medicine, you know, mission. And ultimately, you know, I had sort of just focused all the effort on that. And ultimately when I took a real like look at my life and what was important, I realized that they were, you know, that we needed to, build community for them hmm. and that ultimately that was was amazing and seeing my daughter spending the majority of time with people she knows not random babysitters or you know legends from venice that they had <laughs> never met before her personality changed she opened up in, in amazing ways and just seeing that transformation of her being able to spend time with her grandmothers and her cousins and all those kind of things like that's been such a joy and i still get to come and hang out in la every so often yeah that's true man well that was definitely the best decision to make um, from the way that it sounds. Um, well, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing what you've shared. Uh, the last question that gets asked to everybody on this show, what does it mean to you to live a genius life? You know, sitting with that question, having, uh, you know, having, having just shared what we shared, I think living a genius life is being true to yourself. Being true to yourself in a way that is valuable for those around you and supportive of those around you.
That's beautiful, James. Thank you for sharing, man. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. To all you guys out there in podcast land, thank you so much for your time and attention. Spread the word about what we're doing here. Check out James's book. It's called The Community Cure. Find him on social media. And text me. If you live in the U.S. or Canada, hit me up. Send me a text message, 310-299-9401. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And uh, yeah, guys, I will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.